Hello, hello, hello. It is Alessandra here, and you are listening to Emotional Support. I am here with a very special person. Um, I don't even know how to give you the proper introduction because I was um, talking about it with Matthew earlier today that I don't feel like you're a real person. I think that you are a fairy from a different land that has blessed us, and we are not worthy. Um, Everyone, please welcome Bryant Wood. Uh, one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard. Uh, such an honor to be here. Uh, and you are both magic and unreal. So that's why we're in the same room together. Oh my gosh, I love this. I honestly feel when I was explaining you to our producer Isaac and, and to other people, I was like, I don't know who he is, what he does. I just know that I spent 48 hours at this um retreat with him and I was pretty sure he was either Jesus or like a fairy tale character like I couldn't determine which person you were you know we're so mirrored in that because when you have your walls down yeah you just manifest the perfect conversation and you get the depth of the soul almost immediately yeah yeah and I feel like that's what it was with us Mm -hmm. because you were probably the second person I met um, at the Kindred event when we all met at the cocktail party. And this warmth energy, I was so nervous going into there. I don't know how it was for you, but for me, I was like a basket case. I was even crying on my way up, FaceTiming my mom, being like, I don't know these people. I have no idea what I'm getting into. I'm terrified. And I met you and I met Frank and I met Matthew and you were the first three I met. And I was like, whew, I feel like I'm at home right now. It was yeah. so bizarre. Yeah, it's so special. And it's, it's always like that when you take that leap of faith to go into a new environment, when you're pushing the envelope in some way, ultimately the universe will give you that kind of cradle and space to feel welcome and supported by. Right. Um, and again, when I met you, I was like, who's this like? weirdly playful, also fiercely intelligent, beautiful woman. Oh my God, honey, let me give you a round. (laughs) Can we please keep that as like a snippet and play that in the podcast all the time? Because that was the best thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, And you just were hilarious. And we were laughing how right after we met, probably two hours after, you went to perform a baptism. Do you remember that? Because I do. I do, I do. So it, it came, it stemmed from uh, Matt, actually, who was on your last, last podcast, mm-hmm. and I both went to uh, Mosaic, the, the church, and it's amazing what they're doing, uh, you know, amazing community, they have uh, beautiful messages and amazing speakers come in, uh, but we, we, they asked if we wanted to get baptized on that day, and we're like, oh, you know, why not? It could be an interesting thing to do, you know, in my opinion, it would be like, okay, cleanse my soul. Um, and peel back the layers of existence to, you know, figure out who's who's under that. Right. And we went and we, like, got into their clothes. It was, like, Brandon Mosaic. It was, like, yeah, and we got in line with all these people. And Whoa. Then, yeah, and then there was this, like, dunk tub, kind of like, you know, you know when you throw, like, uh, apple at the Target and you fall in. There's a dunk tub. <laughs> and people are, are in a microphone and people are interviewing you saying, like, accept Jesus as your Savior and, uh, and, clean, clean, uh, and cleanse your sins. And I was like... That's interesting, but also in tandem, there was like a, a full-on video camera and a production, like witnessing this uh, experience happen. And I'm all about the experience itself, but I'm also uh, a step removed by adding a digital reality under something that's intimate and spiritual. Mm. So immediately, I was like, I told the lady, I was like, this just doesn't feel right to me right now. Like, 
uh, thank you so much for what you're doing and your intentions because I can see they're pure, but the ecosystem as a whole is ultimately flawed in my opinion because people are doing it for the wrong reasons and or I would be doing it for the wrong reasons. So Matt and I just like quickly stepped out of line, went back in, changed their clothes, gave back to their clothes, like said thank you. And then we walked off and went to my apartment, which was down the street and we baptized each other. And it was in this like... So magical. Yeah, and in the kind of like that... Uh, that it was cool because it was, it was so manly and soft and loving and precious and it was like something that you've never done before so pure uh, so pure so pure it was like just to be there and here and we both prayed before and it was like letting whatever come through letting it out and then just like holding that uh balance and neutrality and love unconditionally for the person in front of you right. as a brother um and then we like you know we kind of like laid ourselves in the pool and like you're know, smiling and that kind of thing and then we kind of went off the day and it it's special. such a brotherhood almost mm. you know it's um it's a very special like pastime what you guys did is that that yes ceremony is beautiful so then we we it was kind of like a Matt and I talk about it now because like the state of being from that was so, so, so beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it was just like we were, you know, flying around all day and like giving love to everyone else as well. So like creating that for ourselves, we were able to create a better world for us all. So then that kind of like, I guess you would say legend moment, uh, started being told into a different narrative and then Frankie asked to be baptized. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, <laughs> like I was like, this is like the, this is the, like God asked me to like come through and like create this experience for someone else. And I was like so grateful that it was for my own so we were able to give it to him and if I can paint you a picture it was please do it was <laughs> paint four, us all this picture it was four guys uh, in a, a freshwater pool was, yeah it was the most sensual experience uh, and sacred experience of my life uh, up to wow. this point and those things exist like yeah, you let go of, of all your programs and patterns and like preconceived notions and most of your identity you can like live a free life full of like weird beautiful experiences um, so we're all in this pool right and Frank, you guys got to meet Frank. He's an amazing journalist, uh, spiritual conscious. He's being. gonna be a great interview. I'll tell you that much. Oh, is he coming in? Yeah, he's gonna be a great wow. interview. Wow, amazing! I fully support that with my whole heart. So Frank is, you know, he's looking up at the stars, and all of us have our hands on his chest, like blasting him with, uh, uh, blasting his heart chakra open with with our hands, and we all go around the corner. Matt, Scott, myself, and with all of our hands on Frankie's chest, we all say a little prayer for him. Um, and call in whatever energy you want to call in to bless him. And then we all grabbed his head and slowly dipped him down uh, under the water. And then we all hugged afterwards and sent our energy out to the cosmos uh, with this, yeah, with like four men in this pool, right? Uh huh. And then we went to the jacuzzi afterwards and we kind of talked about it and like felt what everyone's feeling and what they needed to integrate in. So that's so incredible that you guys did that. And what a perfect environment being where we were in Laguna Beach, but it wasn't just on the water. It was kind of in this, um, oh my gosh, why am I, it almost felt like there was a vortex within us because there were all the mountains around us. And I know in Palm Springs, there is an actual vortex, but it felt almost that strong of an energy where we were. And that's why I felt so overwhelmed when I got there because I couldn't believe with the environment around us, the people that I were meeting, the unknown, the fear that I was going Mm. into there. It just was such a heavy weight on my shoulders. And as soon as one person smiled and introduced themselves, it kind of all went away. Yes. So moral of the story is be that one person. Be that one person because honestly, you can change a life. You just... You have no idea. Just kindness sounds so silly and it sounds so ridiculous to say that, but being kind really can help someone survive with the day. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't look up anything about you. Mm-hmm. 
But the one thing that I found out through a friend of mine. (laughs) What is that? Is that you were the bad guy on America's Next Top Model? Is that the one thing that gets that brought up? That is what someone oh, said to me. My heart hurts It was right my now. friend in London. I was like, do you know who Bryant Wood is? You mm-hmm. follow him. And he's like, oh, yeah, he was the bad guy on America's Next Top Model. But he was the hottest one, and he was our favorite. And I was like, <laughs> wait, he's a model? It's so funny. If, if, I'm 5'7", everybody, so that's why. it's, it's Yeah, but you're believe. gorgeous, so it doesn't matter. Big heart. That's literally it. Big heart. Big heart. <laughs> Um, the, sh- the short answer is yes. The longer answer is yes. Yes, 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 unfortunately, but also perfectly. And what a, a, a catalyst for me to do the work that I'm doing, to have a direct reflection of, I guess you would say, the dark side of reality that you you can perceive yourself now and all your faults and shortcomings in the moment on TV and you're like, what in the fuck was I thinking? And also like, totally. I love you and good effort. But like, now we know, right? We'll move forward, okay? Unbelievable because <laughs> when growth. he told this to Insta me, growth, huh? my mind was blown. Yeah. How did this happen? You're from Chico. We learned that when you were walking in. Yeah. Were you always drawn to the camera? Were you always... Oh. What was this whole switch in your life? Because this sure. was like fascinating to me, learning how different you are. Sure. So, hmm. I would say that yes, that's uh, my myself changes every single day. I'm not the right. same person I woke up this morning, and I, I love that about myself. You yeah, know, the constant expansion and growth um, within my soul and uh, and within my experiences. And if I look back on one single thing, I can't contribute my awakening to those things but I can see it as a bird's eye perspective and know that every single thing since I was born led me to uh, the realizations the love the joy the peace the harmony and the gratitude that's in my entire being now Mm -hmm. and that I can live from Um, so moments like uh, being on national tv uh, in underwear in front of Tyra Banks being a dickhead. Smizing. Smizing. I was pretty good at smizing, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I really practiced. And if anybody knows what smizing, smiling is, it's smiling with your eyes and what you do is you squeeze the four corners of your eyes and then kind of like you look at them, but then you're not looking at them, you're looking through them. You know? Oh, I love, God, I just love Tyra Banks. Yeah. A side note, I was a huge fan of Life Size with Lindsay Lohan yeah, and course. Tyra Banks. She was a legend. She did so Great much for, the, for, for her community, for diversity, for unifying the world. Uh, incre- she's incredible. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so you well. smized a lot and you were really good at it. And I practiced a lot too. It wasn't like I wasn't like trying to be the best model I was. I was really trying hard. Um, I really loved it when I was in it, you know. And then when I kind of saw what I was becoming, I was like, okay, cool. This is not necessarily me because I don't feel good doing it. Hmm. And when you, I mean, Chico is not far away from LA. And I'm assuming you guys shot that here. We shot that here. So Chico was from about age... Hmm, I think seven to 14 or 15. I moved out when I was 15 years old. So wow. I was like in Arizona, Sacramento, and I kind of been like a nomadic since then. And you came to LA because of the show? Um, I left college to go be a model. Really? Yeah, I had a full ride for wrestling, <gasps> Division One, Grand Canyon University, where I was studying business management. You're kidding and I was me. like, last semester, no way I'm doing that anymore. Let's go model on TV. Where were you in school? Uh, Grand Canyon University. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Christian school. Mm-hmm. Christian, so were you born to a very Christian family? Uh, no, not really. I mean, my mom is like a ball of positive light, uplifting Aww. every single person that comes across her path, and I live 
um, by virtue of her grace. And my dad is like the ultra masculine, but also most unconditional loving being where he, if he's at a gas station or sorry, if he's at a grocery store, he's buying his wife flowers. So I mean, I just like, I was like raised in like such a loving environment. I wish he was single. (laughs) He just got married at 70. He got remarried. Stop it. Really? Oh, that's so fabulous. Mm -hmm. He's so good at loving. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. That's a big move. I Mm -hmm. like that. Well, wow. I can't even believe that from wrestling. I don't know a lot about wrestling, but I did play a character called Mimi Nagurski, who was a uh, wrestler that was on Even Stevens, and I would wrestle Shia LaBeouf. That's about as far as I know about wrestling. Wait, that is so incredible. He seems wild to wrestle. You know, we were so young. I don't even remember that much, but it was the most uncomfortable outfit I had ever worn. Oh, you wore the actual onesie. Oh, I, we had to teach us how to do the wrestling and we had to do the moves with each other. And it was like a whole competition that they shot. And like, it was a whole like storyline, but it was so, I I had the biggest wedgie of my life. I was mortified being out there. I was like, and I think I was maybe 12 or maybe 11. So my body was super awkward at this time and I felt uncomfortable and I was like, I don't want to be out here. Like people are looking at me, they're judging me. So hats off to you to be pulling off that outfit. And I'm sure it looked great. So I'm sure you really, really work with that. But that is tough. Yeah, it's tough. That um, is a tough uniform. <laughs> Just the uniform alone, it, it is definitely tough. Until it's not. Until you rock it. Until, it's until a, you're until like, it's hey, like, babe, check me out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Now, what was the turn in America's Next Top Model that kind of... This is so funny. We're talking about this. Well, I mean, <laughs> go. I guess. Is it, do you not talk about it anymore? Never once. Not at all. Stop it. Why would I? This is years ago, and I was on. I was barely on the show. I mean, it was, oh my gosh! Well, you left a lasting impression for a, a lot of people. I'm Let me so tell glad. you this: that this is. Yeah. But it's so fascinating to me because um, I'm an actress, and yes, it's a very different situation of of being in like a reality competition uh, show. Mm-hmm. But um, two of my dearest friends, they're executive producers and creative on um, The Voice. Mm -hmm. So I'm aware a lot of competition shows and I understand the stress that goes on with it and and the anxiety. And I have no idea about America's Next Top Model, but what I do know about The Voice is with every person that was kicked off, they had a therapist there to talk to them as soon as they got kicked off. And it's the most incredible thing to me because they help so many of these kids because they go from being in the middle of nowhere to being singing in front of Pharrell and Adam Levine and Blake Shelton and all these people getting popular, being on iTunes, and then cut it out right away. They get kicked off and then they're going back to their hometowns. And it's so incredible to me. And I've I, I've like told Paul and Jerry, I think it's the best thing about the voice and no one knows about it is having that therapy afterwards. Did they have that on America's Next Top Model? Because that seems like it's even harder to me because you are dealing with body issues. Sure. You are dealing with self-esteem. Like, did that not exist? Absolutely not. Do you wish it did? Uh, I think that's genius. I think, what Isn't a, it what genius? What a creative uh, solution to a very kind of like awful situation. It's foreign. It's like a foreign, so foreign thing for that we've never for dealt every with. every kid, like especially mm-hmm. as their first time on TV, first time expressing themselves like in an attempt to be authentic in front of, you know, whatever fans. And they're realizing they're not good enough in some way. Your perception can completely warp about 
about who you thought you were. Right. Um, and for me, I was like, okay, you're done. And then I was like, I found myself just in Los Angeles now. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and you're like, where do I start? Yeah, then I just took some, I just I just kind of walked around for a bit and then made some friends. And then I, I just kept following my heart. And figured it what did out. you want to do when you were finished with that? Like, you obviously had no game plan in the sense where leaving college, you were like, I know that this isn't the path for me. Yeah. I'm going to pursue this other path. I'm going to choose the creative side, if you will. Yeah. And then when that was done, did you say, oh, I like being in front of the camera. I like speaking to people. Because obviously you had a voice to share with people. Uh, yeah. I think my voice to share with people has been cultivated. I think it's been stifled and closed off for most of my life um, because I was so physical. I was mainly feeling-based where mm. I felt other people's emotions. I didn't know what they were. Um, and even, like an empath kind of or, or uh, clairsentience in a way so oh. yeah 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 so there's another term for it it's more of a psychic, psychic ability which actually most of us have so it's definitely worth researching um, and with that I, I was in front of the camera on ANTM and I, I was like this is kind of cool I was like oh they can like say their lines over again and then have like retakes and you know kind of share their story that way but it's also like you're playing God because you're acting and you don't have to worry about having to be something because you can fully believe whatever's in the moment because it's asked for. This right. is so freeing. What a joy. And then I started acting right away. So I took classes in New York, took classes out here. I was like reading every book. I bought like 10 books on acting. I was like dove into it. Within three months, I booked a TV show. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> what were you doing? What was um, the show? Yeah, so I had a, a kid show on Pop TV called This Just In where I played this kid named Alex. And uh, I love Pop TV. Yeah. We, it was, because I mean, like, that was, was the first, wasn't Pop TV the first way that Shit's Creek came? Out? I believe so. And then also there was, it was the old uh, TV TV guide. It was mm. Pop TV and they bought it out. Right. Oh my gosh. How long did you do that for? We did three seasons. Whoa. Yeah, we got nominated for an Emmy. Our kid show did. It was cool. And then How that old led were into you when that happened? Too. 21, 22. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then we had a couple shows after that. And then after, and then after that, it was, uh, I mean, I have all these other experiences, but. Right. Yeah. Right now, we just, this is cool, you'll, you'll love this, is I just got back for, from doing the media and interviews for the largest meditation in U.S. history. Is, um, that's what was, that you went live with. Uh-huh. I would love for you to tell people about this because yeah. that, and you did it with Allison Porter, is that her name? Uh, Allison Stoner. Al- Porter. Right. I don't know who Porter is. Where did that come from? And Allison is. A- I'm going to cut that out. Okay, Allison Stoner, who... I knew her sister way back in the day, but I used to be a dancer. So when I finished the dancing world and I had started to get into acting, that is when she came around and she like blew it up and was the little girl in the Missy Elliott dance videos and went on tour with her and was kind of the most incredible dancer that ever existed in that age. Do you know that about her? I didn't know any of that. I I, kind of like, I ended up, yeah, we spent some time together and immediately we were like doing these abstract photos, posing on the ground, like really diving into this uh, uh, creative space. And then I was like, "Who are, are you part of my soul? Like what is going on? Right. Like, you're so special. And uh, she has dedicated her life to being this conscious storyteller where she's putting herself as an, as an intellectual into these scenarios and, and creating a voice for the unheard and being a world bridger on these different social issues um, for her audience, but ultimately for everyone that comes across her page. And is that how you met the... Uh, remind me of the guy's name. He's a guru. Oh, yeah. So I haven't talked about that yet, but Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, he is a prophet. I, I, I can only explain it as kind of like a Christ consciousness living here on Earth. Okay. Um, you know, very rare beings, and they have like this presence when you're around them where everything just starts like kind of um, realigning you with your highest self um, almost instantaneously. So like 
having his awareness on me for that moment was such a blessing. And I had this uh, experience where I could ask these questions to the, someone that had the answers wow. and give that to whoever was listening. So that's going to be on YouTube, um, you know, in a week or two. And I highly recommend um, anyone listening to this to go check it out. Yes, um, please. How did you meet him? So he he is the the founder of Art of Living Foundation, which is over, I think, over 150 countries. They, wow. They have different meditations and breath works and, uh, and foundations to support different causes and, and orphanages and that kind of thing. They really affect the world in a beautiful way. Um, Sri Sri actually went to Colombia and there was a 53 year war with Cuba and Colombia. And he talked to the government there, then flew to Cuba, spent three days with the government there and taught the meditation and breath work and ended the 53 year war. So, I mean, it's just another level of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. He's like channeling some beautiful things and beautiful messages. So, and again, it, it's, it's so funny because we're so in, interrupt, into interrupted marketing nowadays where like the thing that's so flashy and big and impactful is like what we feel is the most effective for our lives. But someone like him where it's so subtle and loving and graceful and peaceful where it's like very, it, it, but also very advanced divine knowledge that you almost get tired and exhausted looking at it because you have to cu- cultivate such an intention span to be able to even comprehend that much love in your life. Right. So just being mindful of that too, like it might not be very interesting to you, but it will serve you to your highest degree. Right, because it goes into the subconscious. Subconscious, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I'm I, a big meditator. I, I do transcendental meditation. Yes. And I have to say it changed, it sounds so ridiculous, but it actually changed my life. So real. And when I was younger, my mother was very into um, kundalini yoga, and she would take me to classes when I was like seven years old. And I would do all the yoga classes with her and do all the breath work, and we would do meditation. And I just remember doing it and being like, this sucks. I want to go, like, I want to go outside, like all this stuff. Because you're free. Because, yeah. But it helped me so much as a child, and I think it's so important um, to make it aware to the younger generation and to parents that are, you know, my age and a little bit older and, and grandparents to teach that to your children because I think it's so important with now everyone on their phones and, you know, videos and streaming and all this going on. Sometimes just being in your mind for 10 minutes can completely change your life. Yeah, or not in your mind at all. <laughs> and not in your mind. Listen, you are not in your mind. I'm not going to preach that, but I go to a different place, and I'm not sure what place that is, but it is fabulous, Amazing. and I'm all about it. Wait, can you explain that a little more? Oh, um, the first time that I did transcendental meditation, I was taught it over a course, and I was being bipolar, I wanted to find something that could um, enhance my my mind in a way to calm me without just medication. I'm not promoting people get off medication. I'm on medication. Like, I have to be. But I needed an extra something. And my boyfriend has been meditating and doing TM for 10 years. And he never pushed it on me. But I, when we first started dating, you know, four years ago, we were in Las Vegas. And he was doing it in the morning and in the afternoon. And I'd be at the slot machines. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like, something is really wrong with him. You'd be at the slot machines and he's meditating? Yes. Wait, so it's a good kind. It was hilarious. It's like literally opposite stimuli. It was incredible. And and he never pushed it. Never once. Um, But I am the biggest fan of Howard Stern. I'm the biggest fan of Jim Carrey. And both of them talk about TM all the time. And everyone that is a comedian or in the business that I know that is bipolar, 
they all do TM and said that it saved their their mind that way mm. um, and their self-being. Uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. And I didn't tell my boyfriend. I went and I signed up with another friend and we went to the David Lynch Foundation and I had a, another friend that brought me on there. And after I finished... David Lynch has a TM? Oh, yeah. It's the David Lynch Foundation. Oh, my gosh. So cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Did you do Maholan Drive? Yes, he did Mulholland and Drive. <laughs> so cool. And he's he I'm going to I'm going to find you the book and I'm going to give you the book that he wrote about that. TM. And you know, um he's worked with everyone with uh Ringo Starr, all the Beatles, you know, learned and and Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, you can imagine like Katy Perry, Russell Brand, oh, you know like what? I did take his masterclass. Did that's, you really? That's why yes, and he I think he referenced TM in it and he also talked about like him meditating and then it being uh, akin to finding a puzzle piece every single day from somebody in a different room yeah. and his creativity comes from there and he gets like a little piece of creativity that he puts into a bigger piece of something that's going to add up for the future. He's so brilliant. I love that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's cool. Great. But it took me to see you. comedians doing mm-hmm. TM um, for me to want to do it. And so after doing the course, I said to my boyfriend, I said, Sturgis, I actually completed the course um and I'm gonna do it with you and he's like what (laughs) what and it honestly changed my my heart you know and I I I I can tell a difference when I don't do it Mm. and I was really good for about a year straight and I would do it two times a day and all this stuff yeah and then I kind of fell off I went to go work um in Atlanta and I fell off doing it a little bit and now I'm back in it but wow what um what a space my mind was in when I wasn't doing it. It's foggy. I feel like I see things in a different way mm-hmm. than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your eyes are sparkling, so. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. But it is bizarre, you know, how, some, how sitting in my own self mm-hmm. for 15 minutes can, can recharge. And they say it's like a cell phone. When you go down and you do the TM, it's like charging your battery yes. and getting recharged and being fresh. Hey, you're taking back your life. And all these weird things, like the first time that I did it, I had this like extraterrestrial like experience where E.T. was like in my head and I was like seeing the aliens. You too? And I, what? Is it you too? You too? <laughs> That's why we're here together. There's we're a guy here. in some room putting us all in the, all together. It's all the, and the puzzle pieces are coming so together. And he's yeah. controlling the matrix. Whoever's listening is a part of it. So welcome home. Welcome home, guys. But that's what it was like, and it was this other dimension that I went into, and I thought this cannot possibly be real. Yeah. And I haven't. I'm not saying that you get that experience every time. It, mm-hmm. It's. It happens in the most unexpected times that it does happen, but it definitely did the first time, and I was like, all right, I'm hooked. You know, this is the drug of choice for me right now. I'm going to keep this going. And it's just, it's it's really fascinating how how the mind works, mm-hmm. especially with mental health. Sure. And for me, being bipolar, it was super important that I find other ways to kind of let out all the energy that I have, because it's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what they say. The the ones that get you know high stress or anxiety or you know I'm sure even being bipolar, um, you're actually so sensitive that when you can have it flip towards something positive, you're that much more activating and I guess you would say psychic in a way. Where it's because you feel so much because there's so much going on up there when it's tra- channeled and the tensions 
um, in the right spot, then you have all these kind of superpowers. It does feel like a superpower. Yeah. I mean, come on, girl. Mm. Come on, I'm right there it's with so you. Cool. Yeah. Was it, was mental health, I just find it so fascinating how you are full in this world of spirituality and healing and bringing the world together with mental health and, and everything involved with it and the other dimensions, because let's be honest, there are, were you like this as a child? Uh, I was very, yes, yes. I wouldn't say not that I get not, there's, there wasn't that many layers in it. They say the more layers, the less substance. So when I was a Mm. kid, actually, I, uh, I just really liked praying and like worshiping God in whatever form that came to me. And I would like cry and put my hands off and like sing in church, you know, not even really know what I'm doing, but I felt like something like overcome me all the time. And then as I got older, I lost that sensation or I lost that, um, connection to my higher self or, or, uh, or divinity, you would say. Um, and it wasn't never not there. I just wasn't, I wasn't constantly going backwards and inwards and tapping into that, you know, and that's with gratitude. That's with, uh, doing things that serve you and, and cultivating, uh, you know, kind of these practices. So once I kind of like, kind of, I guess you would say made that initial decision to, uh, live the life I imagined, um, follow the feelings that feel right, uh, follow my highest excitement, love for no other reason but to love and break my heart open constantly to grow, I was instantly initiated in all these beautiful different things. Mm. And then with that, you kind of, the only thing you can do is talk about it because the foot's in the door and you can't get it out. Right. And you are doing about that. You are talking yeah. all about it, and yeah, it, it should be. And it's 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 just it's literally a version of everything you guys already know. It's just uh, it's just what is, and it takes many forms. And it's just my personal experience, and it's literally just breadcrumbs for someone to get to somewhere that feels right. And um, it's not truth. Go research it for yourself, you know, and find its efficacy. But. Um, it's it's so fun and it, there's it's it's infinite and there's so many things to learn and to to experience in this world so kind of go for excellence you're a very brave soul though because i know you say you're saying oh it's so fun and it's exciting and to meet all these people but and it's not a big deal but to 99.9% of the world what you are doing is a huge deal mm. um and you are very unique in the sense where There is no filter because why should there be a filter? Because this is who you are and you are all love and you are trying to just help the world and just even a little bit of a place. And that will resonate with so many people because so many people feel alone Mm -hmm. and they don't feel a sense of um, comfortability, if you will. And just listening to your videos and seeing your posts and your stories and when you go live and all these things, you make it feel super inclusive. Like I feel like I am there with you at that moment when you did the live meditation or even going to VidCon, you know, when you and Frank were being silly and going around, I felt like I was on that like day out with you guys Mm. and you're touching people in other parts of the world that don't have anyone to do that with. And so you need to know, like you are actually a huge impact Mm. and it's so special and it's so brave. And I think that it's just, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. And if one person can follow that breadcrumb of yours, like you said, and and just even do a tenth of what you're doing, they're going to help so many other people. And I think just spreading love, it seems so light and like you could do it all the time, right? Like you're, sure. you constantly could be on your phone spreading your message and you think, oh yeah, whatever, this is just a day in Bryant Wood. Yeah. But to someone 
who knows, Timbuktu, you are changing their world and opening their mind to love. Yeah, I mean, it, there's, I, I would, I, I would, I step into that and I accept that and I allow that. So, so thank you so much for that. Um, but there's not like, it's not about, you know, healing the world or going on this massive scale. It's about just, uh, you win the game when you're sh- yourself, mm-hmm. when you, you, the, you stop, you know, when you can just be yourself, um, everything else kind of falls into place. You know, it's, it's going for that highest hanging fruit that, um, really excites you to be alive. And then all these kind of things fall into place. Um, that, I mean, that being said, it's, you know, we get put into these positions in life to communicate whatever message we were born into. And it is uh, such a beautiful opportunity and a humbling opportunity to be, you would say the vessel, but again, it's like, it's, it's just trying to be the purest vessel you can, you mm-hmm. know, and, and taking care of your mental health, taking care of that state of being, and then finding these tools from every culture around the world and then offering to them, to the people just for the sake of giving it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of get an environment that's really like looks out for each other because ultimately I wouldn't have it even about with my face. I would have a, I would have a mask on or I would have like just something that transcends what Brian Wood TV is. Uh, and it could just be a platform where everybody can kind of come and love each other instead of like give me any type of love in return. So like I think a big transition from modeling to being a, a, a storyteller from the heart is is integrating and collaborating with other beautiful minds that have uh, an amazing message that you want to be a part of and then building out these energy matrices where it can supersede what you already have going on. So it's being on podcasts like yourself and and kind of diving deep in conversation. What is the core issues that we're experiencing um, and what what have we done to get to a to get to an environment where we can really exist from love and then, um, you know, what were those steps? Because we are speaking from experience here because you decided to take back your life, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, is it about renting so much time in people's heads and having them really follow this journey instead of just being free and going to live life on their own? I think it's like, it's a tool and it should be used as loving service for the world. And uh, when it's not that anymore, like if it's something that's like renting a lot of time in your head, then um, it needs to be uh, reimagined. How did you get invited to the Kindred event? Um, Justin. Justin invited me from Kindred. And uh, it was kind of, you know, it was within a week or something like that. And yeah, it, me too. And I was just like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I'll come out there and, and talk, talk on mental health because it's the core of literally everything. Um, and it's something I want to learn more about and understand process and terminology and who's doing good in this space and how you can uh, amplify their voices and use my platform to um, integrate in their already kind of... Uh, they're already their system that works because like you can't do it on your own. Like even with whatever 700,000 followers across all platforms, I still have such a hard time, um, pushing, putting my own, uh, social issues forward. I mean, I've done them up to this point, but I mean, like it was like a lot of work, you know, but then you, you activate your network and you activate nonprofits that are already in place, even grassroots and support those. Then you see the people that really spend the time day in and day out for years. Um, and then things go a little easier. What is, um, for your mental health, I agree with you and I think it's very important for people to know that you can never stop learning about mental health. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has bipolar disorder, I have no idea about anything else in that world except for my lane of bipolar disorder. And even at that, I don't really know enough to be talking the way that I do about it, but I can speak from my own experiences. I can't give actual doctor advice. Like, I'm not going to try to be that. But that's what I felt was so intriguing about 
uh, kindred was learning about so many other different things, whether it be borderline personality disorder, whether it be depression, whether it be bipolar, you know, one versus bipolar two. These were all things that I learned. What is it? What is the mental health that brought you to wanting to learn about it? Was it because obviously you don't have bipolar disorder and it's not something that's specific to you, but what brought you not even just with kindred, but just in life to be intrigued and want to learn more about mental health? Because it's a very new thing for people. Sure. It's, it was a, a, always a constant rebalancing. So I had, um, you know, up until recently, a very addictive personality where I suffered mm. from bulimia, deep, dark depression, and um, uh, some other mental issues, not issues, but some mental experiences that I couldn't even really uh, quantify because I was raised in such a positive environment that I couldn't understand my emotions and if they were bad or good. It was something that felt fucked up and I was just like, I turned it into rage or I turned it into like competitiveness or I turned it into, I was like really, really kind of wild. Like I was just very wild. Um, And then, and then I, I've, I've used like an umbrella of different tactics myself to kind of find that neutrality and that peace and that uh, focus on things that I really enjoy doing. What was the age where it turned? I mean, I still, every day is a constant rebound, like a mind-body. But there was nothing that that was like like a drastic moment where it was like, okay, I need to change. No, because some days I still find myself in that position, you know? It's like, it's cool. And it's, I, 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 it is what it is. It's like, I, uh, I, I'm starting to understand what I'm feeling, you know? And then, uh, and then it kind of goes from there. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's really tough because I, I feel like I know where I was going, but then I'm like totally blanking because another question just came to me and I'm like so fascinated by this. Growing up in such a positive world, I want to get back to the other issues, mm-hmm. but growing up in such a positive world and positive environment, like you were saying, on how you're, you know, you can't, you, you can't blame anything of what happened because you had such a wonderful childhood. Mm-hmm. Do you, were you able to be as open about it to your family and about your experiences? And do you feel that there was any part? Like, I guess I'm so curious about nature versus nurture. You know, for me, it was, um, it's genetic. You know, it's something that I was born with. It's something on my entire dad's side of the family. But when you can't like pinpoint what it is, I'm just so curious coming from such a loving, wonderful Mm -hmm. family. What do you think it was? Yeah, I mean, it's always nature and nurture. You know, Always, and then, yeah. And then there's the the karma that you kind of come into this world with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always the kid that I, I kind of was always good on my own. Like, I didn't really need anybody. And, like, it was – if I wanted to express something, I would just express it without really an understanding of how it would affect my direct reality. Hmm. You know, so if I was just like, this doesn't make any sense to me. You guys are fighting over food or a channel changer. I'm going to go run away and go find someone to live with on the streets. <laughs> like, wow. I'm going to go live in an orchard and pick some almonds. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to – uh, or I'm going to like, you know, it's kind of the same thing with love for me where it's just like, I want to be able to give all of what I'm feeling away instead of just keeping it for myself and then grounding it and letting it go. Because, um, when you're in touch on other people's emotions in front of you, you're picking up on it and you, it's at that young of age, you don't know how to interpret it or let go of it. Were you an only child? I'm a triplet. Yeah. Shut. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, uh, my brother, yeah. You're a triplet? My brothers are so beautiful and Do nice. you all yeah. look the same? Are you identical? They're identical and fraternal. So it could be like I was just trying to find my identity too. You were the alien that just happened to show up. Alien. But that's what they say. The one that kind of like <gasps> runs away and does their own thing from the family, the black sheep is the one that becomes awakened, you know? And then you oh get to go gosh. back and give it to your family. It's such a gift. 
Are you very close with them? Oh, yeah, I'm best friends. Best like, friends. They're so, they're so funny and interesting and jacked. They're just, like buff, like really buff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And are they on a spiritual they're transforming. Journey? They're transforming right now. Like Richard is, like, can look at a tree and be so happy. James is so, very, um, he's uh, he's so dynamic and structured. We're like, I kind of, kind of sum it up this way. We all were given building blocks as a kid. Um, and I like saw the building blocks and I was like, and they're kind of like a little crooked and they were like, you know, they, but they made it like I get, did it really fast. And I was on right. the next thing I went to go play. You know, Richard did it and he like, you know, he stacked, stacked them up. James sat there and he like made sure every little box was like perfect and like st- structured and tight and neat. And he's just always lived his life like that where um, we're just all so different. You know, it's kind of, oh and then we experience each other, you know, all the time and support each other now. And, uh, do you have what like twins and triplets have the psychic ability with each other? I so psychic that I, oh my God, I, I would, I'm but chill. it's like, it's, yeah, it's physical reality for me. So I all see their names everywhere and I'll know I'll have to call them. And James will be going through something or Rich will be going through something. And like one time I was like, James, I have to come see you. Something's not right. And I flew out there to see him. And like, I was like, what is going on? Like, tell me something. He told me something. I was like, Maybe that's why I'm here. Like, let's figure this out. It didn't get resolved and something, like, actually really bad happened. So now I know, like, we're both, as soon as I have any int- intuitive feeling, and I'm sure them too, they check in with me all the time. Right. But, like, we just get to it right now and, like, we figure out what it is and we, we try to fix it because, yeah, we're, like, super connected. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that cool? I always wanted to have a yeah. twin or a sibling. I'm an only child. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if I had a twin, we'd be able to switch places and we'd be able to know how we were feeling. And I always felt like I was a twin stuck in one body. And it doesn't wow, help that beautiful. I'm a Gemini as well, so I have double personality <gasps> on top of it. So there's, like, constantly, like, Isaac's looking at me like I'm crazy. I am. Thank you very much. Thank so, you. Thank so you. <laughs> but I always felt there were almost four of me. Yeah. And ever since I was a baby, I had to have two of everything. I had to have two pacifiers, two blankets, two stuffed animals, wow. and everything had to be the same. And it was very OCD. And if it wasn't two, I couldn't have it. Mm. It's just so, I, yeah. I, it's so strange. Yeah. My God. I can't believe you're a triplet. No, and then, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, 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 can't believe, yeah, it's, it's. Have uh, you ever met another triplet? Oh, yeah, many actually. You kind of see what you're looking for. You'll pick them out, you know? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And are they, were you the spiritual one first and then they kind of evolved with you? Like, were you, did you feel you were the leader of the three of you? Yeah, I was, I was kind of always kind of put in that position. I remember at an early age, my dad pulled me aside and he's like, Brian, you have to look out for these two. And I actually at the oh. time was kind of like, absolutely not, you know, like, I'm, you know, and then I didn't realize really what he was asking. And he was like, you know, like, he's like, they're they They love you like so much. And yeah. it's like, it's important you guys stick together. And our saying is birds of a feather stick together. Oh. So, um, you know, we exist and we live with that virtue um, ingrained in our souls. And from that channel of love, um, there's a lot of peace to be found. So it's like, you got to forgive your family, but also like choose to like, outreach to them on a consistent basis and build that foundation. Um, Where do they live right now? So they're both in Texas, in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, yeah. They're, oh they're living together, actually. Yeah. Oh they shared a room. I always had my own room, and then finally they kind of, like, turned my room into a game room when I moved out. And Isn't that so funny? That cool, yeah. So you really were kind of the odd man out. I was. They were best friends up until recently, but now I'm, like, super incorporated in everything. Like, uh, Did you feel left out of yeah, I remember James posted a picture on Instagram, uh, like, 
like maybe four years ago or something. And it was like a, a montage of him and Richard. And I was like, that's kind of fucked up, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, what are you, he's like, he's like my best friend. I'm like, there's another. Like, You're like, what am I, chop liver? Yeah, like, chop liver, man? I'm like sucking brick in a corner. Like, oh my uh, gosh. I hope and, he hears this, by the way. I've never told you that hurt my feelings, but it really hurt. No, we're going to make sure that he hears this. We're going to send it directly <laughs> to him and he's going to be the first one yeah. to hear this entire podcast. And just also know you're, uh, you're my best friend and I'm so grateful for this, that I've earned and I'm worthy of your love and support now. So. Oh my God. I'm going to cry. This is just like, you're so not of this earth and I love it. Mm, thank you. I, it's, you're a very rare uh, gem that comes once in a blue moon. I'm so faced with that reality when looking at you. So it's, it's, that's why these magical ha- conversations happen. Like you get two minds together and it makes a third that uh, um, creates art for people to be loved and changed by, which is great. You know, like it, 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 even small shifts in awareness for people where like we will all never be the same because of either listening to this or speaking about this. Right. Um, and that's beautiful. Well, that's the whole point of me doing this. Is it's first of all, it's a selfish reason Could because you I need no to. Point to this? Yeah, no, like, oh, there's no point. Too. We're gonna throw this all away. Like, just cut it out right now. <laughs> no, but that's why I did it. Is it was first for a selfish reason of I love to hear myself talk, of course, because I so just good. can't stop talking. I don't want to hear it afterwards. I can't listen to myself after. But at the beginning, me doing this right now live, I love this. I could talk for days to people, um, and I love learning about people. I especially love learning about people that I already know. Mm. And I find that if we talk about a different uh, specific issue, such as mental health, I learn more about them than I ever knew before Mm. because it's a different part of them that opens up. It's a different side of the brain. Um, The emotions come out. Um, And you'll appreciate this. I won't get into the whole story because I've talked about it before, but I went to um, an event, which was a convention for a show that I had done. And I wasn't... The, it was I was on Lucifer for okay. like one episode, nothing special. Mm-hmm. But before years before, I was on a show called Caprica, which was the prequel to Battlestar Galactica. So I have a very big sci-fi following. Um, I went to this convention for Lucifer because my friend threw it, and it was also um, one of the other girls on Lucifer was on Battlestar with me. So he thought, oh my gosh, this will be great. They'll love it. It's a two for one special, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one wanted to talk to me at the convention. No one wanted to meet me. I had to sit at, at different tables and introduce myself, and they couldn't wait till the next person who was a series regular on the show to come. I overheard these fans saying, I wish she wasn't here, and I wish so-and-so was here instead. And I was like, oh. I was like heartbroken. And every night I went back to the room, and I would cry to the person who threw the convention because he was a dear friend of mine and he was like, I am so disappointed in this group. Like, I can't believe this. I never would have brought you out here if I thought there would be such negative energy. And there were a few core, like 25 people who were just incredible from the beginning. Mm. So I had to give a speech um, in which I was supposed to be interviewed by another guy who was on the show who just didn't show up. And that was okay. He had a conflict. He was shooting a movie. So the owner of the convention interviewed me No one cared. I had to do it a second time. I had maybe 30 people in the audience, maybe 50. I'll say 50. Um, And there were a 1,000 people total that were there. And they were all getting autographs from the main stars of Lucifer. I started talking, and it was a QA. and a And people would line up and ask questions. Mm -hmm. There were two questions that were asked. As soon as I finished those, there were no other questions. It was dead air. Mm -hmm. I had to be on there for an hour. So I thought, well... 
there's nothing else I can talk about right now because obviously they're not into my work and they don't care that, you know, I was on Caprica or Big Bang Theory or Malcolm in the Middle. Like, they could care less. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, guys, I was like, I don't hope you don't mind I'm talking. I go, I'm Alessandra Torsani and I'm bipolar. I was like, does anyone have questions about that? I literally had them running to the stage, lining up. They all grabbed microphones and they all said, oh, my God. Actresses don't talk about this. What do you mean you have a mental disease? I have a mental disease. I have the same illness. And then all of these different people came out. Then those people who were asking the questions went to the other room, told those people, and I had a thousand people in the room asking questions. Wow. Um, and then that night there were these like dinner kind of Q&A meetings, which were private and, and special. And I had sold out more people to come and do the special Q&A with me than the regulars on the show. And every single one of them told me their um, story with mental illness and their suicide attempts and um, all the, their deepest, darkest secrets that they felt, wow, someone can relate to me on this way. And I had mentioned, oh, I have always wanted to do a show called Emotional Support. Mm -hmm. And all of them to this day still write me on Twitter and social media, um, counting the days till this happens and sharing their stories. Yeah. And that was, if I could help one person, w why wouldn't I do this? Yeah. Why wouldn't I share the story? Yeah, I, I love moments like that where it really pushes you into what you should be doing. Yeah, and it was one of my darkest moments in myself, just mm. feeling like such a loser, to be honest. And I was like, no one really cares about me. And I went into a self-pity. Mm. And through that self-pity, I became vulnerable, and that's all that it needed to take. Yeah, you, got, you came to a state that was real. You know, yeah. get back into what you were really about. Yeah. Right. So I, I just, I, I see that in you, um, in your honesty of, of, and that's why I need to let you know, like you, you have and will help so many people and you have no idea because I had no idea. And I'm not saying I'm a fucking guru and I'm going to change the world. Yeah. I just want to change one person and let them know that I've been there. I've been in the hospitals. I've had the suicide. I've, I, I've done all of these things. And I'm still here and I want to talk about it and I want to make sure it's not a bad thing to talk about anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing. You're bringing the love and light. Yeah, love and light. <laughs> love yeah, and light. So yeah, and it's like, it's, it's such a, such a interesting conversation to be had when you decide to be interested in your mind. And um, you and just relax. Like, yeah, right? It's like you feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to leave this to one last question. Okay, please. This is the question that I ask everyone at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it can be as light as you want it to be. It can be as intense. It could be one word. It could be whatever. Mm -hmm. Bryant, <laughs> what makes you wake up in the morning and want to continue on with your life? <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, prefer to always keep things on the light side, but... Um... You know, for you, I'll, I'll uh, break my heart open. Um, it's, for me in the mornings, it's, it's really paying attention to what song I sing. You know, what's going on in my mind and what's, what is the reality that I'm existing from. So I do, you know, I do whatever, however much time it takes to quiet that down. Um, so that's the real answer to that question. Um, what, I, what I have found myself thinking about, um, the question has really kept me up, you know, multiple nights, 
uh, and having multiple existential crises was what's the thing that's most important to me. Mm. Um, and that is the, and that is to me is the most beautiful and fucked up question in the most glorious ways because it's so impermanent that um, this existence is akin to a snap. It's mm-hmm. here and it's not. And I, I feel so much and like my family, my sister. I didn't tell you about my sister. <gasps> Love of my life. You have a oh sister too? She's so special. Oh, please talk about her she's, real she's quickly. A, oh, I, I, there's no, I, it's like, it's, it's heaven in terms of earth. Like she is literally a bodhisattva. She's here to help end the world's suffering. And um, to see her just dance through life um, with such focus and grace is, is, is beyond me. She, uh, I remember one time I was like, in a meditation crying because I was going through what I was going through and like she heard me and like runs into the room and like hugs me you know and like immediately I'm like I'm like kind of like cowarding over and I feel like all my bones realigning and I just like become and I, I heal myself through her love and I hold her and embrace her and and that kind of connection that moment is like is what we exist in every second we experience each other and it's like so uh so expressive and so creative and so instant um that we kind of just it's like it's if I, if I had to see one person before I died, if there's one thing I had left to say, it's always going towards her, and she is my focal point to um, exist through for the rest of the world. So I, 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 I work on seeing every single person with the amount of feeling I have for her uh, um, and to treat them the same. So she's been, like, my biggest teacher. and, and How old is she? She's 16. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, she's so special. Wow, to be that in in mm-hmm. tune with everything at so that great. such a young age. Mary, I love you so much. Oh my gosh, Mary, <laughs> I want to meet her. Oh my gosh, yeah. how fabulous! Mm-hmm. Wow. So she's the most important thing to me. And I, I think that's it's incredible. A, it's a, a deep feeling, and that feeling can uh, transmute and release everything else that doesn't serve you. So it's to have that in your life or discover that within yourself is a beautiful thing. She's your soulmate. Yeah, absolutely. And she mm-hmm. chose me. She chose you yeah. and you chose her of too. Course. Oh my gosh. <laughs> many oh. lifetimes. I feel that I feel that way about my mom. That's that's mm. my 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 Go soulmate. Go mom. Marsha Glow. <laughs> she's Marcia just Glow. The, she's wow, so and that's her real last name. Well. Kick ass. Kick ass. Brian, thank you so much for yeah. doing this. Wow. You're just not real and I feel like I'm not in a real podcast session with you. Can I tell you something? <laughs> Please. I want to be your last resort your last call so if you ever need anything at any point in time okay you can call me i got you oh my god i love that i love that and i'm actually going to take you up on that so i want you to know that that call probably will happen even if it's not a last resort i think that you were brought into my life in a very special way. <laughs> I'm going to call you when <laughs> I get home tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> call me anytime. I'm just saying, like, if that moment ever comes, uh, when you need the last call, it's just like, boom. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Anytime. Okay. Bye, Bye guys. Right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.